Hi, my name is Gary. I'm Shangar. And you're listening to The Bar. Alright, so today we're going to talk about Malaysia in 2020. <laughs> um, what a year to be alive. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Um, Gary, what do you like most about Malaysia? Oh, Chuti Chuti Malaysia. Right? Uh, I think it's the people. It, it, I know some people say the food and the culture and all that, but I just like Malaysians. Right. And you could tell them apart, right? You could fool me and give me a Singaporean and I'll still go like Malaysian. <laughs> Why is that actually? Why how do you recognize a Malaysian from a Singaporean? The way they speak, the way they ration about certain things. Um, there's just something about that, right? You bring a French person here, you put a Malaysian and Singaporean in front of him, he's not gonna be able to tell the difference to be honest. It's the difference between and I'm sure some people get offended by this. Uh, a gerbil and a hamster. They're too different. They look very similar. But to the person who has had a hamster for the longest time, you could tell what a hamster is in the difference from a gerbil. Yeah, and we could tell, honestly. We could really tell the difference. They smell different. <laughs> Maybe it's the air. Maybe we're just more, our air is more polluted than Singapore's. And it's not just that, right? It's their culture, it's even their food. Mentality. I was, I was referring to food. Okay. But for example, you could give me a Singaporean Naslama and a Malaysian Naslama. I promise you, I'll tell the difference. You could. Definitely. The, the blachan, the sambal. Something about it, right? Yeah. But they take everything away from us anyway. So the food, even then, like the chicken rice is somehow better there. Is, is it? No, that's what they say. That's what they proclaim. Right? That's what they're known for. Um, I, I'm, this is not a bashing of I, Singapore, I by the way. But they don't have enough chicken rice to go around. Like Malaysia... <laughs> You go to one coffee shop, if the chicken rice sucks, you move on to the next. There's always another chicken rice shop that will probably taste better than the last. Yeah, but like, okay, so the guy who won the Michelin star for the hawker stall, you know, he's Malaysian. He's from Pera, right? Um, and then um, uh, Times awarded Rambutan as one of the like top fruits in this world. But you know what did they call it? What? Singaporean lychee. Wow, really? The you, word Rambutan is... Derived from Malay, and you can't even grow rambutan in Singapore. That's the most. That's the most mind blowing part. People think rambutans are from, by the way, Singapore, Indonesia, Australia. Right? <laughs> no, so it's great. Anyway, sorry, we digress a lot. Okay, what else do you like about Malaysia? Um, holidays. And it's something you realize now more than ever. I have I've come to realize this during a lockdown. There's not there's there, would you want to be stuck in Singapore during a lockdown? No, no, they don't even have real sand. Really? Like beach. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> and look at all the islands we have that we could go to. Look at all the mountains, the forests. I noticed something. Now that we are in the recovery movement, yeah. um, and a lot of people are taking advantage to travel and explore Malaysia. My Insta story feed is just beaches and islands and beaches. Yep. And here's a great thing, they're all Malaysia, right? Yep. They're not like Mauritius or somewhere super far away. It's years where I'm from. It's a blessing, right? Now everyone realizes how beautiful Perintian is. Everyone is in Langkawi right now, you know. Redang and like everyone's out, everyone's traveling with Malaysia. We're finally appreciating what we have. And truth to be told, 
we have amazing nature in Malaysia, amazing islands, some of the best in the world, but but somehow less known compared to your Krabis, your Phuket's, your Lombok's, your Bali's. Definitely. I mean, if you talk about Langkawi, 99 islands, right? So many to choose from. I believe it was uh, Luciano Pavarotti who said, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Okay. I didn't know he said that, but... What do you not like about Malaysia? I'm sure everyone's going to say politics, and I would say that to some degree. But I think it's the lack of understanding, or according to the age and time, right? We have matured as a nation, but some people's mentality is still stuck, maybe in the 60s or 50s, right? Which is a bit sad, because you talk about being independent for... 63 years, you talk about um, we just celebrated our 57th year as Malaysia, but yet sometimes we still feel like we're being oppressed by quote-unquote the British right, or the people who are colonizing us. I still feel some parts and some people, we still have that colonization mentality of being oppressed, of being following a certain way, and maybe it was probably better off back then in some sense, right? Um, I know how history books would tell you the British uh, oppressors and how we liberated ourselves from that, but I, I beg to differ. I think it was very different times. If you look at all movies, music, culture, advertisements, that Malaysia and this Malaysia is so different. This Malaysia sometimes is a little bit afraid to try new things, a little bit angsty in some parts, whereas that Malaysia was still very childlike and innocent and authentic. That's the word, right? Yeah. They are more authentic to who they are, their sense of identity and belonging, as compared to this version which sometimes struggles to figure out who, what it is. Yep, I think you got it really on point. So, we had P. Ramli back then. We had really beautiful women wearing really sexy-looking kabaya. You know, and it was all like, we appreciated all of that. And now we've somehow, to that context, we've sort of moved... Backwards, actually, we've become a bit more conservative, we're, we're less adventurous and less original, right? Exactly. Yeah, I can't remember where I read this, but it was someone who was talking about the Rukun Nagara, right? The Rukun Nagara has only been around for, I forgot, not as long as independence. It came about after the uh, May 13 incident. Oh, did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a way to kind of have uh, a tenant, so to speak, a callback, right? Um, for the nation and the people to follow. And someone was asked who lived beyond that period. And he said, we didn't need something like the Rukunagara. We naturally believed in God. We were loyal to each other. We followed the rule of law. We didn't need to be told or spoon-fed, this is how you should live your life, according to these tenets. And it came out very naturally. Whereas now, we, we struggle with a, a bit of identity crisis fitting in that three boxes, so to speak, as we tick, this is what is considered quote-unquote Malaysian. Um, back then, it was just, it was just very natural. It came out, like you said, very authentically, right? Before I even get to the mentality and, and the values of the people, right? Like, if I, if I want to make it really simply, like, for me, the three things I dislike about Malaysia is the heat, parking, and traffic. 
sucking heat and traffic. Yes, those are the three things I dislike. And but I realized something. I solved it by taking public transport. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And I found the solutions. I take the train, so I'm no longer face traffic or parking in that sense. And heat, I just stay indoor. Uh, whenever it's hot lah, like you know, I I would just eat within the buildings, right? So and our transportation is getting better. I know some people will complain about it, but in the last ten years, hmm. there's an earnest effort for for development. Even now, there are things being developed that we will see in the next ten years. And at some point, we look back and like traffic wasn't really an issue. Hopefully, that's that's why I'm really hoping for. I hope people will start moving away from, you know, everyone having a car to like actually using the transportation system because it, it is really good. We are really well connected. Of course, there's gonna be. Of course, there's there's always progress to be made, right? There's always improvements to be made. But let's be fair, it is good for someone. I've taken public transport to work every single day for the past four years. It's 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 been a good experience, and I I have time to read my books. In in the train as well. So I would one up you and say humidity. Um, I can deal with the heat, especially if you stay in cold countries. The heat is nice, welcoming. Uh, I don't enjoy cold countries. So when I come back to the tropical all year long summer season that we have, I'm absolutely grateful for that. Because if I don't like the heat, I just go indoors and on the aircon. That is true, and we can go into a pool all year long. Right. Right, you think exactly. about that. So we have a lot of things to be happy about, and I realize, okay, fine. You know everything that people complain about. So like what slow, uh, governmental agency systems. You know when you have to go to immigration departments and so on. But even then, I think it's really improving. Everyone, it's getting faster. But fine, if you have all those issues, whatever problems I think people that people have, if you live in a bubble. <laughs> Just doing the things that you want to do, curate your lifestyle accordingly, you realize that you can remain completely ignorant about all these other issues and you can have a really, really happy life within your area of interest. And that's the beauty of Malaysia, I realize. I don't... You can choose not to see the things that will bother you. You can actually choose to stay positive and experience and have a really great and wholesome experience. Exactly. You know, something we were discussing just before we recorded this was of all the Trump countries that you travel to, no matter how far you travel is slow, there's something about Malaysia that you come back to and it's something that I really can't explain and it feels like home. You asked me earlier, do I see myself staying in another country? And I, I really can't think of it. You know, uh, having a lockdown as an example is a great place. Where would you want to be locked down, right? Nowhere else. Definitely. This this is the place. Um, and, and to talk about the... Um, okay. Development-wise. I think I think there was something about Wawasan Doplo Doplo that really manipulated us into believing that we would have flying cars by the time 2020 hit. And obviously now 2020 is really different. Maybe this was the vision, right? Maybe this is what... The Jetsons and all that thinking we would have a city in the sky with flying cars in 2020, right? Yeah, because that was the logo they used, right? And I don't know, you know, in the end, I don't know what Mahade's vision really was. I'm sure this is not how 2020 was supposed to be for him. His version is different, but there's two sides of that coin. There's the infrastructure development of a nation and there's the maturity of its people, right? Because for me, Malaysia is a bit like an angsty teenager. Um, this is, 2020 is not the end of the road per se. 
give it another 20 years, uh, Malaysia will be a lot more matured in so many sense, not just that we will have taller buildings by then, but uh, even people, mentality, the way they approach certain things, uh, government agencies, um, even racism, right? Racism 50 years ago, racism today is so different. 50, uh, 20 years into the future will be something else as well. Um, Right now, I feel it's polarized in a very uh, certain way. It's used in, in, in media and communication and politics. But race wasn't the same race, a version of race 50 years ago, my grandparents' time, right? It wasn't framed in a certain way, in a certain box. And so if I regard Malaysia like family, sometimes you need to have patience. There's some parts of your family that you love and sometimes you feel you have too much of them. Sometimes you need to just have a little bit more patience with dealings with some of the shortcomings. But you still love your family. You want the best for them. Uh, you can't see yourself running away from it. Uh, if you go away too long from your family, you miss them at some point. So same goes with the country, right? I can be away for a few years, but I still want to come back here. I would live and die in this country. Yeah, exactly. So in spite of all the flaws and imperfections, this is home. But to get to what you said earlier, so here's one concern I have to be completely neutral. Um, while we are maturing as a nation in our mindset, the people, you know, and as we are maturing in our development, I have to say, though, it works both ways. So that there's the group that becomes more forward-thinking, more progressive, but sadly, there are those who are left behind as well. And so here's one of my concerns. I am starting to see that there is a group that is more conservative. Sure. But there's also a society that has become a lot more aware of their needs, of their level of understanding. They're not as ignorant. Hmm. And I think at some point, it will counterbalance itself, right? There are more people who are getting involved, who are giving back to the community, who are looking at the lowest, the last, the least, mm. as compared to maybe those days. And because of that, there is that disparity in society. Suddenly, it becomes a bit more obvious the people who are on different levels. Yes. But I think that self-awareness comes with also a little bit of uh, maturity into its understanding how they approach it, right? Yeah. We have to become better as a nation. We, because we, we see our fellow brothers and sisters in maybe certain parts of the country that are a little bit falling behind. And so there's, there's a need to catch up. There's a need to give and take to understand each other. Um, and that's why I use the word angsty, right? It's going through a phase mm. of such. Transition, right? Exactly. And like you said, okay, earlier, all of us are really fed up when it comes to politics, but I have to say one thing. Look at the countries around us. Look at even the US and how they've managed this whole lockdown, this whole COVID-19 situation. Aren't you proud of how well we've managed it and how we actually, and really, true to, true to it, kita jaga kita, is a real thing. We actually spent a lot of time looking after those in need, the, the, the underprivileged communities, you know? And and we live in a country where the Prime Minister is like, okay, you know, let's let's look out for everyone. Definitely. If if you look at the shortcomings and you, you weigh your pros and cons, you could go either way. 
But if you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, we are blessed in so many ways. We don't have natural disasters. Mm-hmm. We don't have um, civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing all right compared to our neighbors in exactly. ASEAN, right? Exactly. Typhoons in Philippines, earthquakes in Indonesia, and they're right below and above us. Here's a fun fact. I bet, I bet you didn't know. In 1963, when we became Malaysia, did you know Philippines and Indonesia did not want to recognize our country? They did not want to recognize Malaysia as a nation. Wow. Look where are they now. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, and yes, there's a lot more to be done, I'm sure. There's a lot of people who are really frustrated, but all my point is, it's very simple. Look at the positives. Look, look at things that are going well. Of course, there's always going to be a need for improvement, but if you ask me, I've, I've lived in the US, I've lived in France, you know, and I can tell you right now, this is where I feel most comfortable being. This is where I feel like my life can be good if I choose for it to be. Where I have the options, where I have the opportunities, where I'm surrounded by people that care about me, that I care about, you know? And there's just so much love here. So, so in that sense, that's what Malaysia is to me. Final thoughts? Not a single other place I would love to be at right now. I want to go back to that family analogy. We might find it difficult to live with in our lives. By the end of time, one day pass on, and when people give the eulogy, they always talk about the good things that person has done. They never go like that person was difficult, or that person was always late. They only focus on what was good and what great things that enriched their lives by that person being around. Similarly to this country, if you take a step back and look at the end of time, this country has so much more good that we've had, so much of greatness to offer, and I think we should focus on those little things. And the imperfections can all be accepted. It is in those beautiful imperfections that makes us perfect. On that note, that's all the time we have for this episode. Until the next one, take care. Bye.